and welcome to the Howling Monkey Reads the Comics. Today is Sunday, June 24th, 2018. Let's take a look and see what's happening in the funnies together, shall we? I hope everybody out there in podcast land is doing well, all four or five of you that are listening to this, I, I and I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, everything's going well here. I'm uh, excited it's, it's Sunday, because that's my fun day, my I-don't-have-to-run day. But tomorrow, you know, it'll just be another... Manic Monday. I have been listening to the '80s channel on the radio, so I, I'm, I'm sorry about about that Bangles interruption. Our comics this week. Let's look at them. Our first comic of the day is Garfield. Uh, in this episode, everybody's favorite uh, obese feline is watching TV, and he's clicking through the remote there. And the the first one, uh, the the announcer on the TV says, "And now it's time for the attack of the fifty foot calzone." And Garfield's eyes get wide. And then his ne- he clicks again, and the next thing is the creature from the Marinera Lagoon. The Marinera Lagoon. His eyes get even wider. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Cannoli is next. Um, then his eyes are like bulg- bulging out crazy wide. Uh, comically so. He, he looks like m- maybe like he's some kind of one of those kids in those paintings. One of them big eyes kids is what he looks like. Uh, and and the next movie that he sees is Bring Me the Head of Fettuccine Alfredo. And then finally, in the last panel, his mouth is open wide, his teeth are bared, his tongue is sticking out, uh, there's drool coming off of him, his feet, Garfield has weird feet. He doesn't have paws, he has like weird, he has feet with toes, which is disturbing, because he's a cat. But anyway, his mouth are wide open, and he is, he's drooling, and his eyes are all crazy he looks like one of those i don't, I don't know what who, what the comic was that was back in like the 60s and 70s that were these these deranged looking creatures that uh were poorly drawn on purpose and they they should I, you know what i'm you know exactly what i'm talking about if i could in fact determine what i was talking about i'd tell you maybe i'll put it in the show notes anyway he looks like one of those creatures you'll you'll know it as soon as i tell you i i uh, never mind anyway and his, the reason for having that face is he's watching One Flew Over the Lasagna's Nest, according to the the guy, the announcer guy. And then finally, uh, he, he's in the, in the last panel, he's drinking some coffee with John, and John goes, well, it got real quiet in there. And Garfield goes, yeah, I ate the TV. The joke here is, of course, that Garfield loves uh, Italian food, particularly. And he, in this particular episode, all the movies had words replaced with Italian foods. Um, like, for example, you know, it's not Raiders of the Lost Cannoli, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. We all know that. And th- so that's the joke. But it it's weird because those words don't that they use don't even sound like the actual words. They're not even close, so it makes no sense that this was... This was one of those times where the reality was set up simply to set up a joke, but there was no reason for it at all because... It's not like you would miss here, like marinara instead of black for the Black Lagoon. It, it just—it's not a. It doesn't. Why would? Why would they? Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you. Bring me the head of, of uh, fettuccine Alfredo because that's kinda. Um, because I think bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. I don't. I don't know what it's called, but I, that one. I'll give that one a pass. But the rest of them just. No sense. There's no sense to Garfield and his giant. Weird cat toes. 
Our next comic of the day is Art and Chip Sansom's Delightful The Born Loser. In this episode, The Born Loser's talking to his wife, and uh, I guess it's her birthday, and he's saying, well, you've grown, you, you're another year older, but you're also another year wiser, right? And she goes, you know, I used to feel like I was getting worse every year, but I don't feel that way now. Now, with age, I've gotten more maturity, things have mellowed, I accept myself as who I am. And The Born Loser says, well, good for you. And then she says, now... If I could only learn to live with your shortcomings. And the joke here is that the born loser is indeed a loser. Our next comic of the day is Arlo and Janice. In this episode, Janice is sitting on the couch looking at her phone. Um, and she's just reading things off clearly off of um, social media. Like, oh no, Marianne is having complications from her gallbladder surgery. Uh, somebody's daughter is sad that she's been betrayed or something. Uh, somebody's mom's in a nursing home. Uh, hey, these folks just got back, are in New Orleans. Look at the fun they're having on their pictures. And, uh, Arlo goes, huh, all these concerns I hear about Facebook and privacy. <laughs> Joke here is that the creator of Arlo and Janice, Jimmy Johnson, is is a curmudgeonly old man at this point, and he he wants to take a shot at people complaining about social media, and he is kind of misinterpreting the difference between the things that you share with people willingly and the things that are mined for other purposes. Uh, so, but the bottom line is, how can you complain about privacy when you post pictures of your trip to New Orleans? That's that's the joke there. Jimmy Johnson, man. All right, our next comic of the day is Bill Shore's The Griswells. In this episode, the porcupine is reading a book uh, while the bear is sitting there eating a chicken leg, and uh, which is disturbing because apparently the animals are sentient in this strip. So presumably that chicken was walking around talking, going, hey, what's up? I'm a chicken. How y'all doing? Like, And then the bear fried him and ate him. Anyway. The porcupine's reading a book and says, hey, I'm learning about selective listening skills, which is when you tune out someone when you find them annoying. And then the bear almost predictably says, I'm sorry, did you say something? The joke here is that the porcupine was reading something about tuning people out, and that is exactly what the bear was doing. So... It's ironic, I guess, in that the bear is doing the very thing that the porcupine is now reading about. Our next comic of the day is Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, and they, they, you know, this one, they give you a little factoids, several factoids. Um, and for example, in this one, they, they inform us that Ferris Bueller's parents in the film were actually married in real life, which is interesting. I did not know that. Uh, but the next fact is um, that the double gulp from 7-Eleven the double gulp, not the big gulp, mind you, the double gulp from 7-Eleven holds nearly double the average adult's stomach. So if you drink a double gulp, you will have double the amount of an average adult human's stomach in your stomach, which means you're going to blow up like a blueberry like Veruca Salt did in Willy Wonka. So don't do it. Do not. Don't be like Veruca. Our next comic of the day is Nancy, and Nancy's under new management. Nancy's now written and drawn by Olivia James. And in a way, I am sad about the course Nancy's taken, 
Because it used to be, you know, when Ernie Bushmiller did it years ago, it was just terrible. And it was fun to enjoy how terrible it was. In fact, I had a teacher once who uh, who told us in class that what they would do in their, when he was in college is they would, they would cut out all the Nancys for the week and select the worst one. Then they would t- do it by each at the end of the month. They would pick the worst one for the month. At the end of the year, they would have they would have the worst Nancy of the year, and they would send it by, by mail to Ernie Bushmiller with a note that says, "This is the one that sucked the most." That man was a genius, not Ernie Bushmiller, my my teacher. Anyway, since then it's gotten to where it's like actually kind of funny and not a horribly bad, but so that's where we are. Anyway, in this episode, uh, Nancy and Sluggo are sitting on the grass looking up at the stars. And Nancy says, oh, the universe is so vast. We're just a tiny speck. It makes you wonder, does anything really matter when you're this small? And then Nancy gets on her smartphone. Because why wouldn't she? And, and Sluggo goes, hey, what are you doing? And uh, Nancy says, I'm looking for something on the internet to make me mad so I can lose this unbearable sense of perspective. The joke here is kind of a reverse joke is that we worry too much about little things that we see on the internet that make us mad and that we fight about. But when we, if we looked at the grand cosmos, we would um, understand that our woes are minor woes in this giant soup that is the cosmos. I, I don't know why it's a soup. I, I, I want some soup. That's why I like soup. There. Controversial statement declared. I like soup. Fight me on it. Our next comic of the day is inexplicably Dick Tracy, uh, which I have not... I, look, I have not read Dick Tracy in since, like, the 70s. Um, but nonetheless, in this episode, uh, Junior Tracy, who I guess is Dick Tracy's son, is signing books because he is a... Uh, a, a called Scenes of the... Junior Tracy's Scenes of the Crime, Dick Tracy's Most Notorious Crime Scenes. Uh, and then, so he's signing books and somebody's standing in front of him, uh, saying, Hey, how many of these cases were you involved with? And he goes, well, and then he's sitting there. Okay. He's sitting next to a woman with, um, antennas, uh, just flat out. Nobody's mentioning it. There's a lady with antennas sitting next to him. Uh, is she a regular character? I don't, maybe, maybe she's an alien or maybe she's a fairy or maybe she's a bug. I'm not sure which she is, but anyway, uh, Junior Tracy, not saying a word about the the lady with the antennas, goes, yeah, no, I, I was only involved in the wrap-up on a couple of them. I'm a police artist. And uh, then this guy goes, wow, can I uh, can I get a signed copy? Uh, I followed your career for years. And then, and then, okay, hold on. He leaves. And then the woman with, the one with the antenna looks at Junior Tracy, or maybe she's looking at Dick Tracy. I'm not sure which, but it looks like she's looking at Junior and says, Does, doesn't that guy look familiar? Dad? So I guess Junior Tracy is her father. Uh, and so the mother is either an alien or a bug. I don't know which. Or a fairy. Uh, she goes, doesn't he look familiar, Dad? And then there's a little note in the box. Do you recognize him, readers? Do you recognize the guy? And I tell you, I think I do recognize the guy, but I'm not sure it's true. He looks like the son from For Better or Wor- For Worse, um, like M- Michael. That's who he looks like. But why would that guy, being Dick Tracy, getting a book signed? 
by Junior Tracy and talking to the girl with the antenna. I don't know, but I this this is worthy of follow up, though I doubt that will actually occur. Our next comic of the day is Buckles by David Gilbert. In this episode, um, a guy's walk. Paul, I guess, is walking his dog, and his dog talks because dogs do that in comic strips sometimes. And uh, the, the 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 dog says, "Are you happy, Paul?" And Paul says, "Yes, I am." And the dog goes, "No, no. Are you really happy? Yes, I'm really happy. No, I mean, are you really super really happy?" And he goes, "Yes, I I am." And then uh, the dog goes, no, I mean, are you honest to goodness, really, truly, very happy? And, the, and then Paul yells, yes, I am honest to goodness, truly, really happy, Buckles. And then the dog goes, well, you don't seem happy. <sighs> the joke here, which was first written in 1941, is a joke in which somebody says they're happy, but because they are pestered, oh, see, Paul really is happy, but because the dog, Buckles, keeps asking him over and over and over again, are you happy? Well, Paul gets annoyed, and therefore he doesn't sound happy. And so as the button on the joke, the dog's like, well, you don't sound happy. Tell you, this is like Abbott and Costello were doing that joke. So it's good to see that's still around. (sighs) Our next comic of the day, (laughs) I'm just really going to the well for the old comics today, is uh, Funky Winker Bean by Tom Badiuk. In this episode... Funky Winkerbean, who, when I was reading this strip, was like a college student. He's now a, a middle-aged man, much like myself. Uh, and he's sitting there watching TV, uh, and and the, the announcer on the TV is saying, due to some recent discrepancies, scientists have uncovered that there's dark matter. It might, essentially, it could destroy the universe, then uh, everything would be torn apart, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this could take place millions of years from now. And Funky Winkerbean puts his head in his hands and goes, Sigh, everything happens to me. <laughs> the joke here is, one, Funky Winkerbean's apparently a narcissist. Two, it's not going to affect him. It's something that's going to happen in millions of years. Uh, and three, Funky needs some uh, some help to get out of his funk because he is taking this news way too badly. All right. Our next comic of the day, in keeping with our theme of uh, really old comics, is The Phantom. The Phantom, uh, which is still being made, and it appears to be up to date, because The Phantom is sneaking up on a couple guys who are watching soccer. And um, the little caption says, the big game's about to end early. And the the, uh, Phantom cracks his knuckles. And we know that because written above his knuckles are the words, crack, crack. Uh, and then he says, let me hazard a guess on who's winning. I think that's how the, 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 the phantom sounds. I, I don't think he sounds like Billy Zane. I really don't. I think he, he would have a deep, like, you know, that kind of voice. Uh, and so he goes, let me hazard a guess on who's winning. <laughs> he says, everybody, but you two. And then he takes their heads and, and bonks them together. And again, he, they, they, he slams their heads together and it literally says bonk. And uh, one of the guys goes, hey, who are you? And then the phantom leaps over the couch, <laughs> kicks him into the TV. The end. So that's an ex- So the, the phantom, out of context here. And the phantom, by the way, is a guy who wears a, a, a purple leotard and like a Lone Ranger type mask kind of thing. And uh, some weird little underwear on the outside of his leotard. Uh, and guns. 
He has guns. But so anyway, he's a crime fighter of some sort. And apparently he's going, going house to house, cracking skulls of uh, soccer fans as we speak. The Phantom. Moving on to Mother Goose and Grimm. Uh, in this episode, there's two Godzilla monsters. Giant lizards, I guess you could call them. But I prefer Godzilla monsters. And they're eating, like, one of them's got a car. The other one's picked up a church. And says, hey, have you ever done this? Here's a church, and here's a steeple. Open it up. Dot, dot, dot. And that's, you know, the old thing that you do with your fingers. Here's the church, here's the steeple. Open the door, and here's the people. And people are your wiggly fingers. At that, you know, you... you You've seen this in your lifetime. Well, the joke here is that a, a Godzilla monster was literally playing it and is going to eat the parishioners. <sighs> All right. Oh, boy. We're reaching the end of today because it's time for Bill Keen's Family Circus. Oh, my goodness. All right. All right. So Billy is telling Jeffy that he there's a yard full of kids. All the kids are there. I don't know their... I mean, all the family circus kids are there, but there's a bunch of other kids. Just a, a panoply of youth just hanging out in the yard. And so Billy says to Jeffy, all right, you're it. Close your eyes and count to 100. So they're playing hide-and-go-seek. And the kids are scattering. And then Jeffy starts to count, and he goes, 1, 2, 3, 14, 65, 32, 7, 11, 99, 100. Ready or not, here I come. And the joke here is that he's not actually counting to 100 at all. He's just saying random numbers, one of which is, in fact, not even a real number, 7-Eleven. Uh, and if the kids go to 7-Eleven and get a double gulp, they will be in bad shape because those things hold double what an adult's stomach hold and probably four times what a kid from the family circus stomach would hold. And would anybody want to see what happens when that that occurs? Not me. Finally today, Andy Cap is drunk. This program is brought to you by Law Dog Productions, LLC. We're on the web at howlingmonkeyradio.com, where you can find our other shows and content. You can also learn about ways to support our efforts there. You can reach us through our email address, info at howlingmonkeyradio.com.